so much of it in, in contracts from my perspective is like understanding decisions that were made in the past and why, mm-hmm. and then helping you use the, the past in a way to make a better future. Right. And that, that's like such a, it's such a big, big topic. It's just like a macro concept, but there's the time and the money that you would have to commit to get these answers to help you understand how to make a better future, but it's just too hard. And that's kind of where we love sitting in the kind of intersection of that. Welcome to The Wired Wick, demystifying tech law trends and educating about law in tomorrow's society. So hello and welcome back to The Wired Wig. My name is Annabelle Pemberton and today I'm joined by Vishal Sunak, the CEO and co-founder of LinkSquares. LinkSquares is an AI-powered platform to enable legal and finance teams to not need to read each contract one by one and also gain data insights. Alongside building the company, Vishal has been recently named an Ernest & Young Entrepreneur of the Year finalist in recognition of his dedication to innovation and growth. So welcome to the podcast, Vishal. Hi, Annabelle. Thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. So firstly, what attracted you to legal technology? Because I understand that you have a background in engineering. So right. I'm really intrigued how you find working with lawyers and around this type of work well we we got into this uh, line of work uh, mainly through firsthand experience working at high growth companies not knowing what was inside of our contracts uh, with our customers and then and then in a moment of um, acquisition of a company i worked at it really was highlighted and, and uh, underscored and so that's where the idea for the business actually came from. And I think it's it's been a fun journey to start a business that way versus like coming up with an idea, uh, mm-hmm. feeling something firsthand and, and evangelizing around that problem. Yes, absolutely. So c- could you tell me a bit more about the problem that you identified in the past that led you to co-found LinkSquares? Yeah, so as, as companies kind of start off, the types of contracts that you have, the volumes, uh, it, it remains kind of small, but as companies grow uh, mm-hmm. in a good way, the amount of contracts that they sign with third parties and, and, and individuals uh, continue to increase. And then what happens is over time, the kind of methods that companies were using in the past to kind of manage the contracts, um, th- those have been pretty pretty elementary to start, right? Like mm-hmm. using some sort of cloud-based storage or a foldering system. And then over time, and the company continues to evolve and grow, the, the amount of contracts get into the thousands and tens of thousands. And, and then you take third-party paper and you take red lines on your on your customer agreements. And, and that's all part of growing, right? And so yes. what happens is a scenario where uh, the legal teams in-house, who's our primary focus, uh, the legal teams in-house kind of remain small, like two people, three people, and you get a general counsel, maybe at a couple hundred employees and maybe raise some kind of rounds of funding and, and continue to grow. But the amount of contracts keep growing at an exponential rate. And so what happens is there's scenarios where it's really hard for companies to understand what they've agreed to historically, or if there's a change to a law or a standard and they have to go back and do a review, or even just the kind of monthly and quarterly things that a smart and sharp general counsel or legal team wants to provide support to the business 
on, on regular cadences or even in ad hoc requests like, hey, Annabelle, you're the general counsel. We're updating the logos on our website of customers. Which ones can we use like without their, with, with the, without their permission? Like who's already granted you know, us the ability to, to use their logo? And so even questions like that have been so hard to answer because the tracking of what you've actually agreed to in contracts that are already signed has been super manual and hard to do. And so that is really the problem that we've, we've been working on in the last five years. Yes, absolutely. So giving more transparency into the contract lifecycle. Yeah, contract lifecycle. I mean, we've, we started the company, um, what we call post-signature. So mm-hmm. docs that are fully executed and okay. then building, building a journey, you know, through technology, through machine learning to be able to like read the contract and extract metadata. Like what's the effective date? Does it automatically renew? What's the assignment clause, right? And be able to build really accurate data extraction, which is what we have in market now. And then this year uh, to serve our customers better and give them a great experience. We also have a, 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 another product that, that can help in the pre-signature side, like drafting and versioning and, and also like lightweight approvals. So like, yeah, now we, we think about the world now, you know, holistically data-driven Mm-hmm. insights in every step of the journey. Um, and this is kind of the future and what we believe is in, in contract management. Absolutely. So I know you mentioned machine learning. So could you explain a bit more about that, how the machine learning element really links to the power behind Link Squares? Yeah. So machine learning is such a buzzword. AI yep. is also the name of it, right? Mm-hmm. So, And I'm sure folks in, in legal tech have heard about it in all different use cases. The, the greatest joy around machine learning today is that it's relatively easy to build a really amazingly accurate system. And what I, what I mean by that is that everything is at our disposal today in 2020. Cloud-based infrastructure on, on things like AWS and the, the advanced knowledge of how to train algorithms. And so all of that is, is PhDs and data scientists way smarter, way smarter than me that work for us. But really the experience is to have really accurate metadata extracted. And this is through a, a, a type of machine learning called natural language processing. Essentially, we're training a machine to read a text document like a human would, and humans are providing with legal backgrounds and, and juris doctorates, right? They're providing uh, the, the knowledge uh, to the algorithm of, of what to go look for and, and what's the right results to go extract. Yes, absolutely. And I was going to ask you, how did it work with machine learning and initially using natural language processing? Because with machine learning, of course, you need to have a certain amount of data to Mm -hmm. start that learning process. So how did you start from day one, where maybe the amount of data you had was quite minimal? Yeah, it's, it's a really interesting problem, especially in this kind of field we needed to be like really good at collecting documents that we could then find uh, customers who are evangelizing around like building more algorithms, right? Through mm-hmm. through that kind of knowledge that we had of their documents, right? And so not, I, I, I classify it as not fast, not cheap, uh, definitely not easy, <laughs> kind of painfully slow because algorithms, the types that we use um, this is called supervised learning. We're actually training it, you know, individually, every single kind of instance or, or um, replication of a, a phrase or a language pattern that we're trying to have it learn. 
it's slow, right? It's dumb for a long, long time. And then one day it gets super, super smart. And that was just kind of, you know, staying on the journey for four or five years and not giving up, right? Which is so, so key to being an entrepreneur is, is seeing that over time, it will get better. It will get smart. And then, you know, like today, today it's, it's as smart as it's ever been. And, uh, and, you know, we can read, we can extract like 60 pieces of data in five minutes. That's fantastic. And it's a, it's a side of perseverance, right? That, that gets you to where, where you are today and really pushing through and knowing we need to stick with this method and then <laughs> being where you are today. It's, it's great. Yeah. So, a little bit, a little bit of leap of faith and, and t- taking a leap of faith and trusting in technology and trusting in, you know, PhDs who tell me and my CTO that this is all possible. We got to stay the course. Yes, absolutely. So let's talk about some of the benefits of using AI in contract management from either pre-signature or after-signature to really extract data. So what would you say are some of the main impacts that are from using AI in legal teams and finance teams? (laughs) Yeah, uh, speed number one. Like like if you were to give uh, a human the assignment to go extract 50 pieces of metadata from like a master service agreement and put it into like a database or an Excel spreadsheet. And even if you're being like pretty generous and saying like, you know, I'll give you, I'll give you say half a minute to find each term. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're talking about like, it's going to take 25 minutes for a human to do it. Right. And then if you multiply that times, well, we have 5,000 customer agreements that need this data. Right. There's a lot of minutes there, right? Yes. There's a exactly. there's a ton, there's a ton of minutes there, right? I mean, that's kind of it's it, it it quickly lends itself to to compare the use of machine learning versus doing something manually, right? And and the the speed and the efficiency in which uh, companies can realize like immediate value that's the biggest benefit. It's because the algorithms are pre-trained. You become a customer today. And in, in just a couple of weeks, you'll have access to information that would take you months or years to collect yes. manually. Yes, absolutely. And have you run into any problems with lawyers perhaps not fully trusting the system? Because, of course, lawyers are quite risk averse as people. So have you had any any lawyers who've said, no, I don't want to trust the data from this because I want to make sure that my clients are not entering into in any risky um, situations. So I want to manually do it myself. Have you experienced that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Partnered with, with hundreds of legal teams and, and there's many ways that we approach this. The first thing is the transparency and the results and, and feeling confident when we are confident to display a value and also feeling confident to n- not display a value. Um, mm-hmm. And we call that kind of inconclusivity that we couldn't figure it out. Yes. And so, and so that's kind of, that's the transparency in, in the, in the showing of results. Uh, and then coupled with, um, we have like evidential highlighting. So you could actually click and see the evidence of what, like I say, a clause that you, that we extracted, you could go and see the clause in the actual file that, that this is the evidence of where we took it out from, right? And so mm-hmm. it's all about building trust, right? And in the sale, the pre-sales process, we do a lot of proof of concepts. So it's like a custom proof of concept, like send us 10 or 20 files. We'll we'll spin the AI up on your files and, and we do it live. 
So you can send it to us on the phone and we'll just okay. wait five, 10 minutes for the algorithms to process it. Just to show that like, there's nothing up our sleeve, right? It's not a Fugazi, yes. we're not hiding anything. There's no like humans behind the scenes doing it because we trust mm -hmm. this technology and and uh, building trust, especially with you know general counsels uh, is everything for us, right? And, and really should be for every business. Absolutely. So would you be able to tell me a bit more about some of the powerful use cases that you've employed? Because I know you've worked with some companies like Fitbit in the past. Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, it, it buckets itself kind of easily into two bigger categories, right? Mm -hmm. uh, the first is contracts where you're paying and you're, and you're sending money out of the company. And like we call those like vendor agreements. So uh, immediately getting a handle on uh, you know contracts that are automatically renewing uh, contracts that have uh, you know termination language that you know you can't get out of it in in certain scenarios. Definitely during COVID, force majeure was like a, a huge topic, right? Mm -hmm. You know yes. what 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 delays are we having in our supply chain with with uh, providers that can delay the delivery of a part or a service to us because. You know, force majeure was was named and the pandemic was specifically named. So, you know, getting getting insights there. And then on the on the customer agreement side and anything kind of related to you know how you make money, right? Which is the other category. It's like what what termination rights do your customers have or uh, what what ability do they have to uh, you know seek seek uh, relief because of force majeure. And so it's really those two categories. Now um, there are other kind of awesome things that have, you know, been the byproduct of, of having this data. It's like you're leaving money on the table mm -hmm. and maybe at renewal, you're not taking, you know, in a kind of subscription software world, many, many providers add in like a static price increase, like six or 7% annually. And, and if you didn't know that and didn't track it anywhere, but now all of a sudden Link Squares has alerted you and identified contracts where you could actually take 6% every time they renew, and you're not doing that, then there's opportunity to make money. I and mean, one of our customers had that same scenario where they were finally enlightened to this thing. And then they go and went and collected like, you know, over, over a million dollars in, in, in cash for themselves. So it's really like the power of what data can provide you, both in how you control the costs. And, and right now in the COVID pandemic, controlling costs is, is such a huge topic inside of businesses, even though we're on the, on the path to recovery. Uh, mm -hmm. It's still a huge topic. And then kind of like what opportunities can you help to make the company more money, right? And then that's kind of, that's that's it. Those are two like pretty concrete use cases. The other thing is just like the con constant changing landscape of laws and standards, right? Like be it GDPR or be it CCPA and be it the kind of new, new things that are continuing to come out. Like what have we agreed to? Like, do we have a data processing agreement with, with this customer and, mm -hmm. and what does it say? And so... The, those are the things that that we hear the most, and then kind of more generally, like what what contracts are different than our templates? Which ones are kind of unique? Which ones have we taken kind of provisions that are outside the norms? And how do we how do we identify those? Yes, absolutely. And at the moment, are you just working with U U.S. jurisdictions? Uh, no, we're we're uh, uh, U.S., Canada, U.K., uh, Australia, New Zealand. Um, some South America too. Mm -hmm. So really very broad in terms of the templates that you actually offer. Yeah, we, we really believe that the the addressable market for Link Squares and the products we, we have is every company in the world. 
Mm-hmm. Every company in the world has contracts, no matter whether you're you're you know direct to consumer or business to business or some other kind of way you make money as a company, which is ultimately one of the goals, right? So uh, Link Scores are probably applicable to everyone. We just haven't gotten to every country in the world, but we're on our way. Yes, no, absolutely. So typically when lawyers are, are training in firms, they're sometimes asked to do quite arduous tasks in terms of manually going through these documents. And even though it's mm-hmm. very time consuming and it takes a lot of effort, it is considered as part of their training. So I was wondering if you have any thoughts on how legal tech could interact into the future of training of lawyers. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a great thought for the future, right? Like the goal of the goal of Link Squares is not to replace anyone's uh, career path, anyone's mm-hmm. job opportunities, right? It's more to be a, a supplemental efficiency tool that can mm-hmm. help get you broader insights. So to the extent that you're trying to train someone on, on say something like termination for convenience, being able to see different language patterns in the way that it's written, and that's how we built the algorithms, could provide a, a lot of kind of value in building like a educational playbook. Like, listen, when you look at a contract, termination for convenience is written on all these different flavors. And look, yes. there's 30 different flavors of it. Here's a here's a good uh, use case for AI that's hard to do. It's hard to find 30 different flavors of it potentially, right? And that, that could be great for the future. Absolutely. Really sharing the data insights from those contracts to really pave the way for future lawyers as well, actually, as part of their education. Yeah. So yeah. much of it, uh, so much of it in, in contracts from my perspective is like understanding decisions that were made in the past and why. Mm-hmm. And then helping you use the the past in a way to make a better future, right? And that that's like such a it's such a big big topic. It's just like a macro concept, but in the in practice, it's it's really hard to do yes. because the historical look back is really hard to get manually. No one has time. Who's going to go through ten thousand agreements and figure out in, you know what what you agreed to and how you wrote it? No one has the time for that, and it's too expensive to offshore it to anyone. You know, no matter what size your business are, and whether you're publicly traded or you know a couple hundred people, and and there's the there's the time and the money that you would have to commit to get these answers to help you understand how to make a better future, but it's just too hard, and that's kind of where we love sitting in the kind of intersection of that. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely, and I completely agree with with what you're saying here as well. That uh, a tool like Link Squares is never really going to take the role of lawyers away and that's why it's it's so interesting to know how it's going to work alongside lawyers and and with that training aspect but exactly what you said I think that's that's very very true so what would be your your predictions for 2021 and I suppose for the next three to five years in changes in the legal tech industry or how legal teams are working with their contracts yeah, I think legal legal tech is such an amazing industry because there's so many passionate people who have started companies, mm-hmm. and and a lot of them are 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 let's say on the smaller side and kind of single use case. There's so much amazing smaller companies building technology in all different parts of the chain, from contract authoring and redlining and document compare and all the way to like signature and then what we're doing with like you know storage and AI and so. I think I think we'll continue to see aggregation, like bigger bigger legal tech 
companies scooping up and, and integrating in like really great technology that is maybe three to five people teams or 10 people teams that they've built an amazing use case driven technology that by itself is valuable as a part of a bigger suite is very valuable, right? I think we'll see a lot of that happening. And even as kind of COVID, COVID presses on and, and the really the recovery of the world is still kind of unknown, I think businesses are, are being opportunistic. I mean, in the private markets, you know, acquisition multiples are, have never been higher, especially in the public markets. I mean, I mean, Slack mm -hmm. is is getting bought by Salesforce at you know yes. twenty seven times twenty seven times recurring revenue, which is incredible, right? Mm -hmm. So, it's 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 a great time right now for folks to kind of team up, join together, band together, and then ultimately, the biggest beneficiaries are the general counsels, the CLOs, the the legal teams that that are coming with the the software providers uh, on the journey, right? And and understanding that technology is here, right? We really think that legal is the last department inside of a company that is it hasn't been disrupted yet, right? And finance is probably the last one, and then yes. and then legal is next, right? And and it's it's just an amazing time to be part of this market and this journey. Yes, there are many different legal tools coming from smaller teams that are that are popping up, and it's a very interesting concept for. A legal mind, I would say, because as I mentioned previously, you're relying a lot on your own advice and making sure that you're covering your clients back in terms of providing advice that is not going to put them at risk. Um, so tools that are providing you with data to actually know what is fact from fiction are really, really important. So tools like this are just on the up, I, I believe. So just, just to close, is there any book that you're currently reading or you would recommend maybe on AI in, in legal tech or anything else actually? Yeah. So I, I I've been, I've been actually rereading a leadership book that I love that I read many years ago and, and it's been top of mind kind of in a real work from home type environment, uh, which is uh, starfish and a spider. Okay. And it, it's a, it's a, it's a book about uh, how, you know, kind of decentralized teams, which we're feeling very decentralized right now, all working from home. Uh, you know, the difference between, you know, cutting the leg off a spider and a starfish is that the starfish can regrow its leg and spiders can't. And, and it's a book that it, it's meant a lot kind of to read it now in COVID again and think about, you know, how, how I run the company today and how, you know, I am an important part of our future, but really the company is run by, you know, many of the folks that work for me, right? And and kind of being able to, as a leader, kind of step back and say, uh, I can give you control over things and and not and not have to micromanage anything, right? Because we're stronger when everyone works on on what they're great at together, right? And that's how you build teams and and build really efficient operating companies, which is what we have. And, and just kind of that concept that we, we could morph and change with all these crazy things that have happened in 2020. So uh, I love that book. And uh, yeah, I read a lot on uh, legal tech with uh, uh, Richard at Artificial Lawyer. I think his content's great. Mm -hmm. I read that every day. Uh, so hat tip to Richard. 
Great. Thank you for your recommendations. And and I I will definitely be looking into it myself as well. So Vishof, thank you for coming on to the podcast today. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. And I hope you've enjoyed our conversation as well. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I'm Annabelle Pemberton, and you have just listened to the Wide Wig podcast, available on Spotify, iTunes, and Apple Podcasts. As always, if you liked what you just heard, be sure to follow this account on Spotify and follow the Wide Wig on Instagram for the latest tech law news and updates.